0: To that get rid of that what is it Why with do you with have that, that blanket? I need my blanket! I admit it! Look at all of you! Who among you doesn't have an insecurity? Who among you doesn't depend on someone or something to help you get through the day? Who among you can cast the first stone? How about you, Sally? You with your endless sweet baboos. Or you, Schroeder. You with your Beethoven, Beethoven, Beethoven. And you, Lucy. Never leaving Schroeder alone. Obsessing over someone who doesn't care if he ever sees you again. What do you want? Do you want to see me unhappy? Do you want to see me insecure? Do you want to see me end up like Charlie Brown? Even your crazy dog, Charlie Brown. Supper time, supper time, supper time. Nothing but supper time, 24 hours a day. Are any of you secure? So,
1: welcome to this uh, special edition of the forecast, and uh, we're going to call this the Mythbusters episode. Uh, Mythbusters, um, you know, we're going to be talking about some, uh, say, some interesting topics where you know uh, where it's uh, it's come to a point where it's being rolled out some of these points as um, as, as generic statements, and it's uh, as, as if as if people think it's it's some form of uh, truth. Um, so we're going to examine some of these topics today and see whether there is any basis of truth in them, or whether they are, sh- you know, they are they should be considered as myth and uh, and they should be busted. So we have a, a a group of MythBusters with us today for this show, uh, uh, less one person. Uh, so uh, Eric, Vez, and Christian are with me on this show, and we're going to be looking at some of these topics and see what interesting points that we can come up with to to, to defend. Uh, either points um, of the coin and see whether there's uh, any truth or is it fake news. Okay, guys, um, just before we start, I think um, uh, just to address uh, some of the breaking news, of course, um, that's just come up. Uh, Claudio Ranieri has been sacked by Leicester. Um, So less than a year since he won the Premier League title with with Leicester, uh, the club have decided to sack him. Um, Does that sound... You're from somewhere.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in a house that proverbial bounce effect that people tend to talk about um, when a club sectors manager, uh, how players then you know want to buck up their performance. And uh, I'm not sure how whether Leicester have that in that in the tank against us uh, in, in the game, but in the upcoming game. Um, but certainly not good news for for Claudio. So best of luck to him. Um, other than that, uh, Lovren and Sturridge remain injury doubts against Leicester. So uh, we're not sure what's actually happening with the with the uh, extent of uh, Lovren's uh, knee injury. He's meant to have gone to Germany to see a specialist with regards to this uh, recurrent complaint uh, that he's uh, been uh, making with regards to his knee. Um, we can only hope that it doesn't uh, end up in some uh, surgery that uh, is going to keep him out for the rest of the season. So that's him. Uh, Sturridge, there's some uh, uh, issues with him trying to shake off that bug, which is apparently the same same bug that uh, Clavin uh, had. Uh, it's it's looking like that uh, in defence uh, for the moment, so not really an ideal situation for us. So that's where we are in, the, in terms of the news Okay, so shall we get straight into this? Um, is uh, I guess it's a thing that's been mentioned by um, Whiskey Nose, Sir Alex Ferguson, um, and as well as other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't want don't to give any credit to, to him for mentioning this thing, but perhaps it's a valid point. Uh, the pressing style that Klopp tends to, to employ with his teams is unsustainable. And you know, uh, over the course of a a season, especially in the Premier League, where the you know where the fixture list is, then tends to get quite congested, um, and also in terms of the the approach and the type of uh, the relative um, pace of the league, um, trying to employ a pressing game that uh, that this so-called heavy metal football again, uh, I think Klopp really regrets ever saying that, but it's been rolled out every single time. But it's really unsustainable to be playing that kind of game, all-out pressing game, um, uh, for an entire uh, season. Now, uh, basically, um, uh, Alex Ferguson said that you know Liverpool get you on a carousel and then leave you dizzy. Uh, and in fact, actually, even recently, I'm um, just just today, I think, uh, Klopp actually gave an interview where. He, he says that you know, the team has shown on different occasions that they have been able to come back um, from situations where ordinarily people would have given up on. So they've come back you know, uh, uh, being a goal down, two goals down, and, and the players have come back and, and showed that they can. Uh, they have the mentality to overcome situations. Okay? But he said one point here. He says that uh, it comes down... To fresh legs and fresh minds. Fresh legs and fresh minds. Okay. So let's put this out. You cannot Gergen press or you cannot counter press for an entire season. Discuss.
3: No, oh, of course you can. <laughs> you know, Gergen G- G- press, it means that when you lose the ball, you press them high up and you try to win it back all along. Um, many, many Teams have, have tried this, has played this. Um, uh, the Barcelona of, of, of Pep tried it. Sure, that's La Liga um, with a less intensity, but they always have loads and loads of European games. They always go far in the cup, so they've got a lot of games as well. Um, uh, and, and they had uh, more depth overall. Um, we've been doing it all season, about maybe one or one and a half months uh, around the later part of December and the entirety of, of January and even then um, in, 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 in patches during the games we still did it um, but it's a weapon um, when a team sits that very deep uh, like we've seen many many times, you know, like the Burnley game what's there to the gegenpress? Right. I mean they don't do anything so there's hardly anything to gegenpress Um the fact that we had against in in, in that Burnley game we had something of 78 percent well it shows we we did it really really well um only we couldn't do anything um because they defended too tight so uh, i i think we can and um if we had um not all the issues that we discussed in 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 previous shows or just the extra depth of one or two, you know, Julian Brands or, or Pulisic's, or, or uh, I don't know, an Iñaki Williams or a fit uh, and firing Sturridge in Origi, um, we would have done it so far. And the weather is going to be better. Um, and we're just going to keep doing what we did against Tottenham. Okay, fair enough. So, fair points,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Any views on the on the flip side of the coin?
3: No.
4: Well, the 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 point um, Eric made was he he named gegenpress a weapon, <clears throat> and can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, perfect. Um, and I would I would name it more some sort of a tool, in your in your in your tools box, and uh, it's just one method that is used by Klopp, and he, he he likes to use it, but it's just one sort of playing during a game. And uh, when you say when you claim because we are myth bustering tonight yep. um when the myth is is said to be you cannot gain press for a whole season, it depends on how often you apply that in a game or in a series of games
5: yeah.
4: so it's ab's that's, it's that that statement from my point of view, and from all I've read, I read a lot of German sources who um got involved uh, thoroughly on that topic. I did some research prior to the show mm-hmm. um it all—it's—it's um, it's not a playing style, because um, you can only roughly plan game pressing but it depends on, on certain individual situations. And every single situation where, where you lose the ball is different. It can be chaotic, and you can be in, in, a, in an immediate threat, and you have to just withdraw and run back towards your own goal to, yeah, to seal the situation. Uh, or it could be in, in, a, in a situation where. The, the opponent team has to sort themselves out, and that's exactly where it's ideal to gegenpress, press, to use this, this uncertainty and rush in between and use the chaos yeah, um, to, to get to an immediate um, opportunity in front of goal. But it's all, different. It's all individual,
5: right. and
4: it depends on, on the individual situation. You, you can apply that 25 or 30 times in a game,
1: or it could be 5 or 6
4: so, so this, yeah.
1: So, okay. So, basically, what you're saying is, um, it's not so much about. I think people tend to to, to, to uh, think in the extreme, so they think that that's it's. Uh, firstly, I think there's an, a misunderstanding that a gergen pressing or counter pressing is um, a style of play. I think maybe yeah. that's the first um, uh, um, uh, thinking that needs to, to, to be addressed. So, what you're saying is that it's not a style of play. That's what you're saying. Exactly right. Yes. Okay. The next thing you're saying is that it's 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 uh, it's just one tool in the box. So it's really yeah. dependent on the situations in the game. It's w- what's actually happening uh, in the on the pitch at the particular moment. Whether they are choosing uh, to to press high up the pitch or like what Eric said, of like uh, if 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 the other team is parking the bus or they you know they're, they're just letting you have possession of the ball. Um, there's nothing to press because you already have the ball. You know, it's it's yeah. now trying to find more penetrative um, ways through uh, your opponent so the third thing then of course is that um, you're not switched on it's never a case where you you're just switched on or switched off you know you you're trying to see what the situations are uh, 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 in the game um, yeah any any views there you want to to add to there this
2: well, Just one, Uh, there is a reason, and uh, there is a reason why we do so well against teams that play football, that that open up, that want to attack. Uh, This uh, gegenpressing or counterpressing allows us to put those teams on the back foot, and those teams aren't used to being on the back foot.
5: Mm.
2: And that's why we can put them in, in... Hard situations where they just can't cope with our our players. That's why we do well against Arsenal. That's why we do well against uh, Manchester City. That's why we do did well against Spurs mm-hmm. this Saturday. They came out to play. They wanted to attack us, and our gegenpressing just didn't allow them to. Mm. So uh, basically, uh, yeah, I, I fully agree with what Eric said about about having nothing to gig and press when you're playing a Burnley or a Bournemouth or a, uh, a basically a, a Premier League team that, that will park the bus. So that's about it.
3: Or, or if, if they do play out, um, but they don't play out from the back um, and just hoof the long balls, um, what you're doing, and you could call that a gig and press, but a gig and press is they actually put um, you know their back five on the real heavy pressure to to make their mistakes, as Christian said, to use it as a as a, as a tool as as a weapon um, very close to the box to have an instant uh, uh, chance they created for you, um, like Tottenham did. Um, well, you know when they instantly used the long balls, like um, basically the second half against uh, uh, against the man, you know when they when they brought on Fellaini and um what you do is it's it's all fighting for second balls you could call that gig and pressing but maybe not the right word, but you know you, you close you close them down in in a way that whenever they try to play from there on <coughs> uh, you're on their case and you try to make a break
4: there's uh, also mm, oh, sorry
3: no 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 go ahead go
4: ahead um there's also um um some some um omitted information about uh, the, this playing style it also included gegenpress but not okay. just that dortmund i followed dortmund for some years as you all know under uh, klopp um, it was not just gegenpress gegenpress is when you lose the ball and immediately try to win it back okay everybody yeah. knows that uh, yeah and uh, at the same time you attack uh, the the ball possessing player of, of the opponent team mm-hmm. you also um, send one player each at least on each flank to seal off possible Possible players to receive the ball. Passing lanes. Uh, yes, passing lanes. I, sorry for my bad English. And um, the other thing is that there were further methods of Klopp which were regularly uh, applied into almost every game that was making the, the opponent team fall asleep mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden rush in between. It could be just one player like Marco Royce. Yeah, with those sideway passes when, when teams felt too confident... And started being sloppy, and all of, and and the players over the time under, with training under Klopp got a sense for rushing in, yeah, win that ball and immediately go at the goal, and uh, this was also a big part of Klopp's pressing game.
3: Yes. Yeah, Barcelona used to do that as well. Yeah, you know, uh, tiki-taka in the center, in the center, in the center, for just a, a spell of five minutes, they would just <laughs> yeah. you know go sideways, sideways yeah. in a relatively slow pace. And then suddenly uh, Iniesta gave the signal, uh, a bit like how Lallana does it, um, and they would do one, two, three passes, and would be a shot on goal. And oh, with that quality up front, that would be a goal. And like you say, Royce does that, and Aubameyang uh, likes it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The good Lewandowski uh, pairing up front at Dortmund um, used to do that basically all the time
4: yeah and, and actually liverpool tries exactly the same you see uh, this team developing uh, different sorts of tools for their games and um, this more ball possession like football is also something that the has has in fact um yeah adapted from other teams and tries to implement that on this team and uh, they, are, they are trying to do it they, sometimes they get it better, sometimes it doesn't work that much, but they are working on it and you see this passing the circling the ball around, I mean that was originally Munich and Barcelona yeah, did it to perfection and uh, we are increasingly good at that as well, and we are waiting for our opportunity to all of a sudden, yeah, play the through ball, rushing towards the goal and yeah, tap in
1: Just to, just to slightly expand the this discussion point, uh, I guess, because we've addressed some some pertinent points. Um, I, I like this this uh, this discussion that we have. We're talking about Barcelona playing this tiki-taka football and just passing the ball sideways. And uh, uh, perhaps this this is a good method when uh, trying to draw out uh, teams that uh, employ the low block or that defend high up the pitch. Um, and it's like um, you know, in order, in order to, people tend to dismiss again. Maybe parking the bus is another Mythbusters topic. I don't know, but um, people don't realize um, that to just to play that way, um, it requires a lot of concentration uh, and a lot of discipline. Um, a lot of players need to. To, to be watching out for each other, looking out for the other team, and, and keeping relative positions, closing off those passing lanes. So there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking that goes on during the game, even in employing a negative uh, tactic uh, as a low block. So in this in this passing sideways thing, in this tiki taka approach, um, you know, you just get it's like a you know it's like um, it's one of those snake charmers you know the guy is playing on the flute and the snake is just following the flute and, and the music and it just gets the, the you know uh, the, the, the snake into this into this lull um, same thing with this with this type of football play, playing it in the middle and switching play from side to side it just it, it's very hard to keep that um, that mental focus and we could do we could be doing more of that
3: Yeah, we should do. I mean, we will be a team under Jurgen Klopp that will have loads and loads of uh, possession um, because we do that gig and pressing so well or the press in itself, not not gig and pressing, uh, uh, just that, just the press. We do really, really well, so we do have the ball a lot. Um, Teams know that they can frustrate us by being very, very tight uh, at, at the back, uh, the low blocks. So we will have to do this uh, time and time again, um, and and we'll have to learn and get better at it. Um, uh, it does require uh, require a lot of quality on the sides because um, you know with a lot of finesse. Um, if, if you look at the Barcelona team, they really needed Dani Alves there and Dani Alves isn't a good defender um but you know his the way he cooked he could find um, uh, Messi all the time from whatever position he was on um, and wherever Messi was on the pitch um, he could find him with very very good through balls long balls um, uh, short combinations and, and obviously had a lot of players and a good goal threat. but um you no, you really needed him because in going on, on on the Snake Charmer thing, um, what the team would do is they would lull the other team asleep um, or make them play compact and just drag him to his side and then suddenly switch to the other side. Um, and whether that's Alba, um, <laughs> he's almost the brother of Andes Herrera. I really hate the guy, but he's he's really good. Um, in, in in that type of style, you know Maxwell played before that, an incredibly great footballer as well. Um, they're all fast. They're technically gifted. Mm. Um, so whenever if they need to switch the side to the sides, and whether it was Maxwell or uh, Jordi Alba and, and now Danny Alves, there's um, there's there's real quality on those sides on the ball, and 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 that creates those moments for you. You know so yeah, we need to do that, and we need to invest in the quality of the wings.
1: You know how it is. Uh, sometimes when um, some other part of the game doesn't work, uh, people tend to blame something else, or they try to. F- <laughs> they try to because it's like a kind of like trying to diagnose a, a medical condition. You know, uh, okay, you have a pain somewhere, and um, I put a finger on. Uh, on your on your head and try to determine ah, is it coming from here or is it coming from here oh it must be coming from here um, <laughs> and it seems that oh okay that is not necessarily the the right uh diagnosis, so whether is it either if you know if we are trying to win the possession uh, trying to you know a possess, stealing the possession or whether we have the possession to begin with okay um it's still going to come up to Trying to be more penetrative, trying to create um, more goal-scoring chances, uh, and perhaps maybe um, uh, trying to cre- uh, the, the lack of the cr- uh, clear glow- uh, goal-scoring chances uh, in some of this recent games that we we've, we've been playing um, is kind of uh, uh, maybe coloured people's perception about uh, this so-called pressing game, maybe.
2: I want to say something else if if I may Yeah. for all their quality uh, I remember one game and I believe that was the only game I have ever seen Barcelona play an actually English parked bus and that was the Champions League semi-final in 2012 against Chelsea mm-hmm. if you remember at Camp Nou mm-hmm. uh, and I'm talking about the second half when uh i think it was around 10th or 12th minute of the game when Cahill was injured and 20 minutes later john terry was sent off so chelsea was a player down mm-hmm. they scored that goal from ramirez called it scored it i think it was the last minute of the first half and that gave them the result that they needed to go through so it was 45 minutes of parking the bus against the best team in the world with a player down. And they held on and even scored that goal that Torres scored in the first, 92nd minute to, to equalize. It's I, I think it's not that simple. It's not not that simple. Uh, it's it's not just about having players of, of, of top quality. You need to work out a solution for, for those deeply deeply parked buses. Personally I think what we need in our team is a couple of more shooters from outside the box. We have Coutinho we have Coutinho who likes to shoot and whenever he gets the ball around 20 25 yards from the goal uh, and we are playing a a parked bus you always see two or three players uh, rushing out to block any attempt at goal. Uh, because they can't focus on Coutinho, because nobody else will do it. I think we need to have two or three players more there that can do the same thing. <coughs> yeah, Um. By, by the way,
4: in the final, Chelsea played Munich, yeah? Yeah. yeah. At their own ground, and it was exactly the same story, it was even worse than in the semi-final... And uh, Chelsea for 90 minutes hoofed the ball out, <laughs> out of their box, <laughs> and, and finally they 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 won the game. And yeah. you see, it's not just Liverpool who have difficulties peaking, pa- playing a parking the bus team.
3: Right, right. Oh, no, right no, um, Barcelona right this- had a, had a, a famous loss against uh, Celtic as well. Absolutely, same, same thing. I've, I I think Celtic had 19% possession in that game. I think It's the <laughs> oh, lowest so- possession <laughs> rate ever. In a Champions League with the team uh, uh, was it, uh, winning, was it so much? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I don't know. They, they made some triangle from um, you know the the sides of the box to uh, a point just in front of the box, and Barcelona could have the entire rest of the pitch, but not that that area on the pitch, and it was just yeah. eleven Celtic players in that little area. It's a bit of a <laughs> brilliant game, More Joe. May I, watch, uh, yeah.
4: may I add something?
3: Yeah. Just to
4: get back to this first myth, which I hope we have finally killed. Gegenpress, you cannot sustain this for a whole season, which is absolutely shit. So, Gegenpress is just one tool, from my point of view. Uh, finding tactics against bus parking teams is the other—the other one. Yeah. Um, and when you remember, uh, very, very good teams like Guardiola's Bayern, for example, or Barcelona, they had a fantastic positioning in every single situation in the game. It was, if it was defending or it was attacking, if it was waiting for the opportunity, it was, if it was running into spaces to get the through balls, for example, that is one of our problems. And we are just on the way of developing those techniques. Right. We are, when we play on the attacking side against the bus parking team, we, we are very, very slow in passing the ball and we are quite... Yeah, we lack precision, and it takes much too long to swap sides. And all these things have to be developed. If you have world-class players or if you have average players, it doesn't matter. But The team has to grow over the time and develop these techniques together. And I think that's, that's why we should, should be a little bit patient with our team. Yeah, they are on the way, and um, I'm, very, I'm very optimistic about that.
1: So you cannot and Press an entire season myth-busted. Boom. Yep. Boom. Okay. So that's a that's a nice start. We're just getting warmed up. Um, let's look at the next topic in uh, in the next segment.
5: You built it up brick by brick. Put your heart into. All
1: right, we're just getting started. Now we've got a new, uh, we've got a nice one for the next one. Um, we're going to be talking about our captain. Okay, we're going to be talking about our captain, Jordan Henderson. So this is a the topic. Uh, I, I'm just <laughs> going to read the topic that's submitted by by, by Eric. I, I I think it's it's good. Jordan Henderson, dog shit or world class? Jordan Henderson, <laughs> dog shit or world class? Oh, very nice topic there, Eric. Um, let me guess which side you're leaning on. Yeah, go ahead. Before we perhaps talk about the hour our side on, on this coin. Um, can we just b- briefly discuss um, what is the role of Jordan Henderson, a- apart from him being the captain? What is his role in the side? What is he meant to do uh, positionally?
2: As the deepest-lying midfielder, it's his job to to be that destroyer type, if you if will, but that's not exactly what he does. Uh, since we... Uh, we play attacking football. Uh, he is the one that will organize the the, the team moves uh, from the back. So he is expected to pick up on the ball as quick as possible to find a pass forward. Yeah, he will occasionally do that typical defensive midfielder stuff when he he will often uh, cover for a full back that has gone forward to to overlap uh, either Milner or, or Klein. And close down that space. And uh, the one thing I I think he does brilliantly is uh, get to those second balls. Often have been discussed. Uh, once our opponents clear the ball out of their boxes and uh, out of the box, and and it goes over our attacking midfield line, and and it goes even behind Wijnaldum or Lalana, He is the one that rushes there to get it, to pick it up, to continue the attack immediately. He gives us that momentum. He even does it further up front sometimes. Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, for instance, that goal Firmino scored against Swansea at the Liberty Stadium, uh, his header, the equalizer. Uh, It was a free kick taken by Coutinho that hit the wall. Uh, Several Swansea players rushed out to to get to that ball, but Henderson was there. He, He got there first and Crossed it brilliantly. Found Firmino, who was running in while all the other, all the the Swansea defenders were running out to leave. I believe it was Lauren right. who was was further up front to leave him offside. Yeah. And while they were running out, Firmino just ran in the opposite direction, and Henderson found him beautifully. Okay, um, that's about it.
1: <laughs> any other
4: roles that he plays? I would not. I would not call him a defensive midfielder, but he's. Uh, it's obviously. Or it's apparent. To, it appears to me that that uh, under Klopp, his his um, he can shine most in defensive roles, in winning the ball back, yeah, in in sealing off attacks and in ish, uh, in starting attacks, which others then um, yeah move on with, and um, so that's that's where he obviously um, yeah seems to be shining most under Klopp. That's that's my personal impression. He cannot fulfill the same role as, as Steven Gerrard. He's not this this different level guy who takes everything in his hands and yeah, let's go, shoots himself, scores himself. Um he's not that kind of he's not that kind of guy either or um it's not his role on a club.
1: But it uh, seems to be like that. Eric why do you think Jordan Henderson is world class?
3: Well um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a um, statistics fan. Um I, I, I've done a comparison on not this season but the last three seasons and when you're talking statistics you can say well it's it's five games or ten games um, but when you go over a period of close to a hundred games or in this case it's the average is 87 games over three seasons um, you're talking about you know big data you can uh, uh, discern patterns yep. and I've looked at uh, a couple of the world's best midfielders uh, like uh, Modric, like Rakitic, Iniesta, uh, Pogba um, before he came to uh, to uh, to Manchester um, so, so basically playing his, his, his time at Juventus and, and Matic, Um what he does is if you look at the goals he assists key passes chances passing you know Passing accuracy, uh, accuracy uh, the entirety of passes, uh, the sheer amount of them, the blocks, the interceptions, the clearances, tackles, one take-ons, well, take-ons is the only thing he isn't very very good at. Um, but in almost everything, he's either first or second from all those midfielders. I, uh, people would say Modric, oh, he's a great guy. He, he score you goals. He gets you assists. He scored. In the last three seasons prior to, this, uh, prior to this one, he scored four goals in all competitions. Henderson scored 12. Modric had 13 assists. Henderson had 19, which is the same level as Rakitic and the best at it. Um, when you look at his actual output, you know the actual contributions, what he does on the pitch, um, it's up there with the very, very best and it, it it goes on goes through all those things um he has the most blocks except for martic um he intercepts um maybe not that much much but he has the almost the most clearances and if you look at his his game is so all round um you know he's he's the best assist of all them, and he has uh, except for Matic, he has the uh, the second best amount of tackles. Uh, the second uh, amount of clearances, you know, uh, blocks. But he outshines Matic on on the ball-playing part. He's one of the most prolific passers in the world. Um, You know, it's, it's just backed up by actual, this is what he has done, this is what others have done over the course of a couple of seasons. Over those last two seasons, Liverpool's win rate with him has been 61%. Without him, twenty percent. That's a huge, huge gap. And yeah, it's it's sure others been missing. There's been uh, you know um, uh, different different problems than just him being out. But he's the one with the most difference of all the players for Liverpool. If you compare him in the Premier League last two seasons prior to this one, he's third in the amount of games played. Um, it's um, he's third in the amount of goals. It's it is Stock and Liverpool uh, uh, midfielders. He's first in assists and he's second in chances created. Yeah. He's he's all round and what he does, he's the only one who can do the what we talked before, um, the very concentrated, um, you know, I get the ball from the right, I turn open to the left, I get it from the left, I turn to the right, on and on and on, all, all game long. He can do that, but he can also instantly say, I'll put this ball instantly long. Um, He's one of the only players that we have um, that will do the one-touch pass. You know, when he gives the assist on Firmino early on, um, they play a pass into a central midfielder. Uh, He cuts in in front of him, and he plays it one time in the feet of of Firmino, and all he does have to do is turn and and, and lob it over the keeper. That's what he has. Um, the It's another one on, on Firmino. Um, we have a free kick. The free kick is, is bounced um, or hits the wall or something and he instantly curls it in with an incredibly pace on the ball. Um, and that assist makes the goal. You know, All Firmino has to do is, is, is hit it with some part of his body and it goes in. So he brings all those things. The only problem I think Henderson has is that the guy before him doing all those things was just miles and miles ahead of every football player that we've seen in the Premier League simply because Zidane wasn't here. (laughs) Stevie was so much better at all this that it's it's very, very unfair to compare him to him. But I think that Henderson as a box-to-box midfielder or the deep line player, player that he is now, um, uh, brings even slightly more in the defensive part, um than Stevie. We all know that Stevie in a two man midfield never worked out. You know, for England it was always shit. Um for us <laughs> as well. If you look back at the um at the two thousand and five uh, uh the, the Champions League final in Istanbul, um Stevie is by far the best player on the pitch but mostly in the second half. And why is that? Didi Harman comes on, and it's a three-man midfield, so um, Stevie has the license to do whatever Stephen Gerrard does, and that's being everywhere. And Henderson is, is very much more a positionally-based player who will say, OK, you want me to do this? I'll do that.
1: So who is, who is Jordan Henderson? Is Jordan Henderson Stephen Gerrard, or is Jordan Henderson Didi Haman?
3: he's he's the everything you know he's he's an 80% steven gerrard and he's an 80% Didi Harman, and that makes you one of the best all-round football players um currently in the premier league so why is it then that
1: people uh, oh, there's there's a view that you know um, we can do better than jordan henderson he 's he's, he's not as hyped up as, <laughs> as what you 're saying there 's surely um, a, a reason justifiably or not, which is what we 're trying to determine here why um, you know they said ah, he 's not as world class as you say he is you know we can can do better could it, partially could it be that the fact that uh, people are trying to uh, so called categorize him or pigeonhole him uh, into oh. Uh, is he a defensive midfielder no there are other, other better defensive midfielders in the league or is he a steven gerard player and then the inevitable comparison with gerard uh, comes in could it also then that play a, a role in this in this um, difficulty in, in people trying to ascertain whether he's he's good enough
3: um, i also think it's it's part of the label you know he he he, he lacks uh, a certain amount of flair or, and he lacks a certain amount of, of, of dirty work. You know, so he doesn't turn into this Roy Keane-esque uh, lad who will just, you know, uh, uh, try to, to, to get knees and ankles and, 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 and legs and, you know, he, he doesn't get you injured because that's not what he does. He just outworks you. He just runs around you time and time again, doing all the good stuff time and time again, and in that he succeeds in what he does. Um... But he's, he, he, he isn't um, anything, he, he's nothing specific, and you know, when Stevie was extra liked because he had that killer long shot, and when he went into his stride, you know, you said, that's Stevie, you know, that pace, that that marauding runs that he did from, from midfield, um, that's what Stevie made Stevie, and Jordan doesn't have anything of that, you know. He isn't dirty enough. He, he isn't nice, but he isn't dirty. He um, he he is a great shot, but he doesn't do it often enough. You know, the goal against um, Chelsea uh, against Chelsea is a brilliant goal. When he does that, three season in a row, um, five to eight times successfully, you know, people will will think more about him. Um, but just because he isn't a Sooners he isn't um, a, a McDermott he isn't a Doug Leash he isn't a, a Gerard, he isn't a Mascherano he isn't a Xabi but he has something of all those players in him and that's why it's hard to put a label on him um, basically he's he does everything really really well um, but it's oh, everything is an 8 but he isn't a 10 in anything and people like 10s you Know that had um, Sabi was a 10 because he passes the ball incredibly well, better than anyone, um, you know, <coughs> with a slick um, uh, uh flair. And you know, the so, chip so let's, let's just... look
1: at this from another perspective, shall we? Okay, so um, let's consider the, the current uh, top four as it stands right now, at the Premier League table. Uh, Chelsea, City, Spurs, and Arsenal. Okay. Uh, I'll pose this question to Vez then. Do you see Jordan Henderson walking into any of these teams? Okay. Straight into their starting lineup. And who would he replace?
2: Well, if we're talking about Chelsea, I think he would replace Matic instantly.
1: Instantly? Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think he would do what Matic does. Uh, Henderson would do it better. Okay. Uh, as for Arsenal, well. Uh, all Again, <laughs> we're talking about that uh, uh, four-two-three-one system that, that Wenger mostly still mostly prefers. Well, he would probably play deep alongside Kokilan, uh, and I'm yeah, not and sure. At the
3: same he time, would... he's miles better than, than Coquelin.
2: Yeah. yeah, but Kokilan uh, is more of that destroyer type, that, that defensive midfielder than, mm. than Henderson. So I think they would be a good combination. To play together.
3: Yeah,
2: thanks, so, uh, Like Kante for Chelsea. I think that they would, too, be a good combination. <clears throat> uh, as for Spurs, well, uh, you have a player like uh, Wanyama for those deepest defensive midfielder tasks. And you have Moussa Dembele, who is, I think, more creative than Henderson but uh, and more talented on the ball hard to say why but he hasn't evolved as much as Henderson has over the past 2 or 3 years uh, Henderson was a player of pretty much average talent on the ball and he was very very fortunate to to be in that uh, 13 14 team alongside Gerard and Suarez and all the others and uh, uh, Rodgers gave him a job to do, he did it He did it really, really well And just went on forward from there He has progressed, he has learned a lot Like, uh, like uh, Eric said He, he picked up uh, Something of all those Great midfielders uh, Liverpool had in the past uh, he, he soaked up some knowledge from, from every one of them And now He is A very, very complete player a very complete player and when he's not playing we really really miss him
3: if i just can say on yeah. on dembele he's played 192 games in the premier league and he did that as attacking midfielder for fulham you know playing um um in, a, in an attacking uh, formation for them um and obviously as the midfielder but he also played like a, like a number 10 for spurs he's scored 11 goals and 14 assists. Mm-hmm. That's what Jordan Henderson did in 14-15 on his own. So, in well, no way <laughs> Moussa Dembele is more creative. What he does better is he runs past players, you know, is his take-ons, and that's one thing that Jordan absolutely can't do. He can't go he past players.
2: on the ball maybe better in midfield. He is... Uh, as strong as Henderson and he keeps the ball closer to his feet he controls it better Yeah,
3: like what when Wijnaldum does as well um, but, <laughs> yeah um, that's exactly it, that's, exactly that's, it. That's, that's the thing that's one of those things where you can say okay you can put a label on that mm-hmm. and say that's what Dembele does he runs with the ball, he uses pace and his his technical ability to hold on to the ball and goes past players creates momentum because of it um, yeah
2: that's, 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 that's what I meant for, when yeah. I said no. that's what I meant, exactly that.
3: Yeah, yeah, but that's that label you can put on Dembele, and there's no label on um, Jordan Henderson other than he's the most generic lad who can do anything really, really well, but nothing exceptionally. Right.
4: And it all depends also on his role he has to fulfill under the, under the coach, under the manager. Yeah, he has to fulfill a certain role, and he he does that obviously very very well. I would love to see uh, Henderson a bit more uh, going forward, uh, shooting at at the goal. It's obviously not exactly his role. Others have to fulfill that. Yeah, and um, I think the role he he he, has, he fulfills at the moment, he's doing that really really well. But it's his role. It's his job under that coach, and we that's the problem. Where this whole discussion. Say, um, lacks a bit of balance because we all have to think about and keep in mind that, um, different players on the different managers have to fulfill different roles.
3: The right, yeah, if you
4: compare it exactly, compare it.
3: No, no, but there's a comparison made from all the number sixes in the league, uh, you know, the Xakas and, and the Kantes and everything. Mm. Um, Anderson comes out miles ahead of the rest. Uh, people start to notice him now because. Um, you know, Liverpool was playing really, really well, he's the captain of the side um, um, and he scored the one goal. go, he just needs to do those things a bit more often but if, if you look at the game that he played for England against Germany um, one of the, um, it was a, a friendly game he was the only midfield player England had um, that could take on the rest of that midfield and he actually bossed Whatever he was capable of, he bust that part. And that's a German side that's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And he held his own and actually um, was the best, the best midfielder of that game. So, you know, he he really does. And um, I think he's also one of the few England players that could go abroad uh, and actually perform in, in the big leagues. You know, I think he could play for Bayern Munich.
2: Whoa.
3: Well, okay. I think he could replace uh, Xabi Alonso and upgrades that team a bit.
4: Wow. Now who takes the duck shit position, down? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, once, uh, once we'll er, leave that to the rest of the internet. Once once Eric
1: <laughs> once Eric said that, I had a chorus of, uh, of voices. I said, "Okay, great. Sell him to Bayern Munich now." <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive him. I'll drive him there. <laughs> okay, fifty so, million. Yeah, Lord, so 50 million. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I don't care. The thing is that um, there's not a lot to like about him, other than appreciate all his output and all his performances. Um, just there isn't much to like. You know, if, if he adds a few more of those scraps, um, lot with, uh, with <coughs> of one yard with Costa in the, in, the, in the semi-final of the League Cup. Now, if he does a bit more of those bus stops, um, people will, will, will start to notice him more, like him more. Um, he just he, he, he isn't dirty, he, he's all right. And it's all that, it's not having a label where you can say, that's Jordan Henderson for you.
1: Okay, so just to reword this uh, statement of the myth, uh, Jordan Henderson is dog shit being the myth <laughs> I think we can um, emphatically say this myth is busted boom you yeah. <laughs> you're
5: telling me that you'll be true
1: lies lies that's all I ever get from you okay nice
5: one
1: <laughs> F.S.G. Oh, Where do we start? I think there's a, a million things people want to say about FSG. Um, I'll just take one. I'm not sure whether this is the most, uh, uh, or the, the hottest accusation or, or, or a spear that wants to get thrown at them. Um, FSG do not care about signing top players. FSG do not care about signing top players. What do you think about this myth? what does top player mean anyway? Someone who costs 20 million or someone who costs 100 million? Is that a top player? Someone from Barcelona or Real Madrid, is that a top player? What does this mean?
3: Um, I think we are incapable of doing that what um, I know who are uh, Griezmann will move in the summer most likely. Um, and we because of the FSG policies, and well, the position of of us as a club uh, aren't able to compete with all the teams that will want him. Um, you know, there's teams out there who will play 89 million for a midfielder who performs a lot less than one we've bought for uh, 14 or 16 million. So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they don't want to. I think they've taken on a different approach. Knowing that, um, with everything that's in place for Liverpool, we currently can't compete with them on um, on outspending teams. You now we don't have that muscle, um, so we we need to do something different. So maybe they want to, um, but they just they can't. In the end, look, look at the William transfer. I'm not saying that he's a top player, but he's a player that teams wanted. Um, Spurs wanted him Chelsea wanted him uh, we came third in that race uh, um, you know because he basically told Stephen Gerrard uh, thank you for calling um, but I don't think I'll play in Champions League every year with you lot thanks for calling bye
1: so there are several factors at play here so one is obviously um, the scale of the transfer fee okay Um, it's you know transfer windows uh, tends to be silly seasons and you know all kinds, and you see that 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 chart, okay, uh, just is just on a on a permanent ascent. You know, um, crazy fees being being mentioned for certain players, um, and then when you cannot compete with the with the oil money funded cities of the world, or you know, other teams like that, they're willing to throw. Um, you know, millions and millions of pounds or euros into a dark hole, then he said, ah, it means Liverpool can't compete. It means FSG are not backing the manager. And then there's also the, the, the OK, <clears throat> Liverpool don't have Champions League um, and, and, the, and the player obviously wants to play in the Champions League because uh, it, it, it's a kind of like a setting of a standard. I think, I think the other day um, I saw a tweet by um, uh, Lukaku um, where he was talking about um, uh, 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 the recent game, what was that recent game? That, the one that was played, um, uh, the, the 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 city the city Monaco game, the city Monaco game, which is a crazy game, and he 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 put out a tweet. He said, "Wow!" He said, "The Champions League is where a player's reputation uh, a standard is is established." Okay, so there's obviously a, a gloss, a veneer, a, a, a glossy veneer that. Uh, playing in the Champions League, a club in the Champions League, and being, partic- being able to participate in the Champions League gives. Okay? Liverpool are not in the Champions League, and therefore, ah, not interesting. And then, of course, the third thing could be also the bright lights, big city uh, type of mentality, where, uh, for example, with Alexis Sanchez, for example, uh, you know, would, would prefer to, to, to live and work in London as opposed to, 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 to a city like Liverpool. So there's all these yeah. different different things um, uh, that are at play. So maybe, it, it, strangely enough, it may not necessarily have started this way where FSG actually cared, actually FSG cared about signing top players, but then they realised that there are all of these things that they can't control, And then they thought to themselves, "Okay, let's try a different strategy. And then, inevitably, that led to, "Okay, we do not care about signing the top players as how other people define it. Would that be a fair summarization of of where the the picture is at the moment? Vez, what do you think?
2: Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it's really hard to say for us fans on the outside to, to... know or understand uh, their intentions and their plans and their, their, their ways of thinking. Uh, we can only speculate and guess by, by their their actions. But uh, for me the most important question here is uh, do we want football to be like that? So uh, this season Chelsea will be the champions probably. Uh, so then Manchester City will come and buy I don't know Messi Ronaldo or five or six such players and then they will be champions. And then uh, Manchester United will come and buy the next Messi, the next Ronaldo, the next I don't know who and then they will be champions. And then is, is this what we want people to be, to be? Is is this what we want Liverpool to be? Uh,
3: Some people will may say it, yes. <laughs> yes, may we want to be like that. That. <laughs> <clears throat> But
2: uh, I'm, I'm going to go with no for myself.
3: Okay. Uh, oh, it's it's we w- we would like that. I if tomorrow I pick up a newspaper and it says Messi signs for Liverpool for two hundred million, um, and he gets forty million a season. I uh, um I think I'll that will be the first time I'll ever wank over a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I would want that. <laughs> I don't mind if that happens. Like I can I understand said, that we don't do it. Like, and that I, it like won't I said happen I and be, we need to find money. I may, money. I may
2: I be on that one but but I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like us to, to start doing that. I mean i I don't mind like you said if if Messi comes for two hundred million, if we buy one such player. I don't mind that. That much, I don't but
3: if we can pay it, if we can, if we that can,
2: becomes a pattern, if we start buying five, ten of the most expensive players in the world every season, that that's not what I want. That's uh, that's something. Uh, I don't know. That, that that's something that, that suits a, a club like Manchester City or 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 Chelsea. And that's not us. We we would become those plastics that we mock
3: so much oh, to t- t- to be honest and i'm, I'm dig- digressing uh, slightly a bit um there's a huge gap between what city does and what um what's uh, what chelsea does uh chelsea has had the most money and what they did was park the bus and play counter attacking football um, that's it was shit. that's not the point um did no uh, hold on what um city has <laughs> done is they've upgraded the facilities they've upgraded the stadium they've upgraded um, the women's team they've upgraded the youth team um, they've invested a whole lot not only in the club but also in the area around the club um, they're doing a whole uh, uh, an insane lot uh, uh, yeah, lots of things in the charity corner in all the areas They're doing so there's a massive distinction in those two but for me, there, I know where to get that. It's oil money. It's it's not generated from anything. But when we were the biggest teams, um, we would just go and muscle our way, buying the best players, buying Lawrence and buying all those. Well, Lawrence and yeah, um, well yeah, he was a, a a record signing. We went out and out muscled everyone else. We just paid more.
4: Just mentioning FSG really triggers something. <laughs> the sparks
2: <Yes>. flying around. <laughs> <All right. laughs> just, just a second, please. I, I yes, really yes. disagree with you there, Eric. I think... Uh, well, that's good.
3: That's what the show is about. Uh, I think Chelsea, <laughs>
2: yeah. Chelsea have accomplished a whole lot more in Manchester City since they were taken over by Roman Abramovich. Uh, they have won more titles. They have won the Champions League. What did City win? They 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 won two Premier Leagues and a couple of cups. That's not the same. That that's not nearly the same. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we may like we may like the football that Manchester City are playing better, or we may dislike the football that the Chelsea have played, especially under Mourinho. But basically, they have been more successful. Uh, yes, uh, Manchester City have invested in their facilities, but as far as I know. Uh, it's something like that is about to happen for Chelsea too, in the very near future, so
3: Yeah, but uh, it's, it's the way City built it, uh, I, I don't want to go on this a whole lot longer, uh, because I don't care about both teams but um, in the fucking both but in the end yeah, but Abramovich been there in, what, 10, 13 15 years maybe now um so yeah they've got they had a lot, lot longer um uh, to be to be more successful um they instantly built a title winning team um while city built one similarly to how we've been doing it um you know we just uh, um and we hadn't lost suarez because we could afford it and we could we didn't have to Go for the Aspazes and Luis Alberto's, but we could pay the, the 20, 30, 40 million players to accommodate Luis Suarez. You know, buy an upgrade for Joe Allen, but keep Joe Allen. Um, buy an upgrade to uh, Jordan Henderson. Not that there's anyone, but, um, you know, and go on doing those things. Get an upgrade to Daniel Sturridge, Get an upgrade to Martin Skirtle, um And keep Suarez and keep Sterling and keep building and building and building. Um, that's what City's been able to do.
2: And but they they, just do
3: that they, also,
2: they also did buy uh, a company: Silva, Yaya Toure, Aguero, all in cro- close time proximity. So oh, yeah. it's not like they were they were building a team over I don't know five six seasons or something. Hold on, hold they, on, they, uh, hold on. They, did,
3: they, they bought players to get into the top six. With uh, the Rocky Santa Cruzes and and, yeah. and players like that, they bought but the, the just, players. They sorry, time out, topic. time out here. So sorry to interfere, yeah, yeah, Christian, yeah.
1: Christian. go ahead, Christian.
4: Sorry to interfere, but you both are just talking about two clubs uh, who are owned by people who do not invest, but in fact show their passion for that topic and just pump in money b- without That's probably. That's exactly it, Christian. That's exactly getting, it. Do we want. To be
3: fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. that
4: is true. Off. That is obviously Bayern, true. Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. I mean, as a German, they, those clubs are much closer, and have I have of I um, have of course followed them much more closely than the uh, Premier League, where, where you are experts in. And but both, Bavaria, Bavaria Munich, and Borussia Dortmund are both run as enterprises. Those clubs are run as enterprises under under uh, uh, that philosophy. So the, it always has to pay off. There has to be some sort of profit. And FSG is obviously, from from the few things I know about that, and I read a lot about this and a lot of shit about it as well, obviously FSG try to do exactly the same. It's the same philosophy. They, run, they try to run Liverpool FC as a club. They invest a lot, but they want to have yeah, getting something out of it. So finally, at the, at the end of the day, yeah, um, in the bottom right corner, the figures have to be positive. Mm-hmm. one way or the other. And that's a huge difference. Um, but when you, when you keep in mind, or when you recall, the most um, expensive transfer of Bavaria Munich was about 35, 38 million euros. Then it's around about the same as FSG have just spent on Sadio Mane. Mm-hmm. So FSG is obviously yeah. will to, to pay good money for good players, just not ridiculous money, it's, like Pogba. It's...
1: And it's Just to clarify, you know, I, obviously, yeah.
4: About the scum and their, their useless waste of money on, on, on this Pogba, he's a very good football player, no doubt about that. But is he worth £89 million? I mean, that is ridiculous compared to the, all of, to the turnover of that company, Manchester United.
1: Well, it's just a, you know, it's it's clear that um, FSG are spending money because um, I mean they've they've uh, had a significant outlay of funds for to buy players. It's just that um, it, it, there's a general sense that oh, okay, they're just accumulating a number of um, uh, uh, how you would say uh, you know mid tier kind of players to fill uh, certain squad roles rather than going all out and spending. Uh, 60 million, 70 million pounds um, on a on a on a so-called top top player. It's like, and, and then maybe they think that okay, what what are Liverpool right now? Are we suddenly a poor club? We are still being mentioned in in the Forbes lists or whatever rich lists. Um, why 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 do we keep need to keep buying uh, Volkswagen Polos? Why can't we buy a Bentley or a Ferrari uh, uh, once in a while uh, to show? I guess maybe it's more like an ego thing. Maybe, uh, you know, it's good that Liverpool are being mentioned in the same uh, uh, same sentence as the clubs like City or, or, the, or the Scum or Chelsea and they yep. can compete. And, and once in a while, have one of those big names that's linked to us and we always get big names linked to the club. We actually sign him, you know. Um, maybe, maybe the fans <coughs> think that ah, uh, you know, there's 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 a there's a PR aspect to this as well. Maybe that FSG are, are, are missing out in this money ball approach.
3: That's why the Pogba money is is well spent. Ever since all um, Whiskey Nols left the club, they've been absolute dog shit, and they're still absolutely relevant and the richest club in the world because they pay eighty nine million. For a player who's who's got a high profile, not even saying that maybe isn't really. Uh, he's obviously not worth eighty nine millions, but he's he's obviously a good player. But he's worth um, it, it. It puts um, it, it keeps Manchester United relevant, and that's why a, a transfer like that is really really worth it. It's why. Um, Ibrahimovic would say, I will go there. It's why Mourinho says, I will go there. Because they do those things. They out-muscle everybody because they got the money. They will buy Di Maria because it's a big name. People will like it. People will think, oh, well, hold on. They can do this. Um, well, they, yep. they've they been in Champions League once in the last three, Eric,
4: eight, four years. Eric, eight. may I ask you a question? What do you mean by relevant? gaining attraction or something
3: earning money well and by okay. earning money you can buy better players to have more depth and eventually be more successful and win trophies do you think that pays off completely in a in a business sense
4: that it completely pays off and they get all the money back from spending ridiculous money on on players who are not worth that much like paul Bokba? paul Bogba?
3: yeah because they've paid the most money, they they bought Di Maria. Di Maria absolutely didn't work out. Or people were interested in Manchester United. They are the best run club on an economical level, because they do those crazy things. They do things to be noticed. It's um, everybody's talking about how they how Manchester United paid 89 million for Pogba. And that's everywhere. It's in every newspaper. Um, Forbes is is making things about it. It's even in the Americas. It's it, it's suddenly news. Do you people think that the n- that Do you honestly believe? A, you know, it's you. You need to look at it as saying <laughs> we pay 40 million or 50 million for Pogba, and the rest is just commercial. The rest are just putting our brand into the world, and people buy that.
2: There is a different side to, to all that, Eric. You know, uh, the, there is the fact that uh, the team that plays that, that pays that kind of money for, for a player, uh, along with some other expensive players, and uh, signs even Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Jose Mourinho and all that, uh,
3: has to and come Kau to. Andy An- An-
2: They have to come to Anfield to park the bus, and at Old Trafford they play hoofball to chase the game to save a point. And they I'm score that goal from an all-side <laughs> move.
3: I know, but we're talking about the approach of the club and not the approach of of um, a Mourinho style of football. But they're in the finals of 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 uh, um, of the of the EFL uh, cup. cup. What's his name? This yeah. you know, they're in the finals. of exactly the Exactly where we were last they won season. They won the FA Cup last season. year. So, they win trophies. And, and we were in the final of the
2: Europa League. So, yeah, they, they did yeah, win. we didn't win it. <laughs> yeah, okay. They beat us to, to that FA Cup, to, to, to that trophy. I agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll go but there. But that's
3: the thing. Um, you know, we haven't been, been bad at buying. We bought Benteke, we bought Firmino, we bought Mane. It's all big money signings. It's just not the extra top tier that we're buying from. um But it's not that we tried. We've been in talks with Sanchez. We didn't want to pay the 40k a month more, or a, what's it, a week more, that Arsenal was willing to pay. So there's some bullshit argument about, yeah, we like London more. No, you like the 40k a week more. If we would have paid that, if FSG would have said, okay, we were prepared to pay 257k a week for Luis Suarez, and this lads come on to replace him, and he says, "I want hundred and forty guaranteed," and we said, "No, we want to pay a hundred, and you can earn your money." And that's fine, but that's when um, Sanchez says, "You know what? I like I like London more." It's bullshit.
2: Well, I personally think that that.
3: Uh, and we've been in talks with. Fact, uh, no, sorry, no, sorry. No, hold, no, on, no, hold on, hold no, we, on. No, we've no. been. We've been in talks with William. We've been in talks with Tony Cross. We've tried, but they don't want to come to us. So we need to do the best thing um, behind Tony Cross. We need to do the one behind William. Or be sooner and buy younger. It's what we have to do. We need to buy Origi and put up with two or three shit years before he comes to fruition and be the 20-goal striker that's in there we all see that's in there um, but then he's 60 million like a Griezmann if he stays at Lille and maybe goes to a Sevilla or I don't know and he suddenly is 60 million and he's unavailable to us anymore because he will say I want to go to a club that's in the Premier League or that's fighting for trophies every season he's in Champions League every single year so hold on I'll go to Real Madrid I like that better than Liverpool so that's where FSG is so maybe they want to they try Tony Kroos Willian um, Sanchez but they're unable because they're not willing to risk everything uh, on those players
1: so guys it seems on this point on the FSG do not care about signing top players it seems that we've uh, Kind of come to a battle to a draw almost. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's a very it's very difficult um, seeing uh, from you know from the outside um, what exactly is their position on this. It could be argued that that's not really their philosophy, and that's why they've gone with with Jurgen Klopp, who who in some ways also perhaps thinks in this manner. He he be- believes in more uh, developmental. Uh, type of work um, at the same time though I just want to add the side point here is that um, one of the things that it seems to me um, that uh, Klopp uh, encountered in his time at uh, Borussia Dortmund is always losing his so-called uh, players that he's developed to become a top player to inevitably to, to Bayern Munich uh, and there was a source of frustration for him as well uh, and And now at Liverpool, he has got more funds, um, more resources, you could say, uh, available to him to go out there and do a Bayern Munich and get one of those top players in. But at the same time, it also has to be the right kind of player, the right kind of target. Uh, but we've also seen that he has not abandoned his uh, developmental policy. I mean, of course, with the with the with the, the FSG support that he's he's got with this move uh, for the Melwood uh, switch to Kirkby uh, shows how much importance he's placing um, uh, in the, in the academy and the youth. It seems that on this on this myth, FSG do not care about signing top players. I don't know. I think maybe the answer is plausible. Only time will tell. Um, I guess the most important thing is we need to be successful under this model in order for this myth to (coughs) be busted. So um, we've just about run out of time. Uh, Thank you very much. I thought it was a very engaging uh, discussion. And um, (laughs) but it seems like myths are like um, you know, like Charlie Brown. You know, that character Linus that always carries this warm blanket around. So it's, uh, it's, like a, it's like a blanket that people always want to carry and, and tell themselves that this must be true and this must be true and therefore it must be true. Well, hopefully we've helped, uh, we've helped in some ways to, to dispel some of that. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are in the comment section uh, below and um, uh, we'll try and do more of these Mythbusters uh, as we go along. Uh, thank you everyone for joining me on the show. Take care. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks everyone. Bye. Good night. Still loves you guys (laughs) (laughs) though. Me too.
1: Why? What did you
4: want to say? Honestly, I, did, I didn't want to be impolite, but uh, I think I have to say honestly, and this goes a bit deeper for me. When I joined, when I joined the LFC fans when, with with Klopp joining Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, it was appalling to me how negative the fans, tu- the supporters, turned against FSG every time we lost a game. Yeah, FSG out and FSG doesn't spend enough and, and FSG all Yankees, assholes, mm-hmm. whatever. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, obviously, obviously, from what I read about the history of FSG since 2010 at Liverpool FC, they have made a lot of mistakes. They didn't have the experience. All right, mm-hmm. but they spent a lot of money. And now, obviously, they have learned from their mistakes, improving, employing a very good coach, a <laughs> top-class manager... Yeah, one of the best, and 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 pl- um, paying a, a lot to that guy. Yeah, seven million a year, and um, they are willing to invest in players. But it's Klopp's philosophy not to buy a single outstanding in terms of wages, outstanding player, not to destroy the composure of of the um, of the team. Mm-hmm. He Klopp is like a like a yeah like an officer. You say, or oh, yeah. How, like sergeant in the army, okay. yeah, and he has he has all of his guys, and all of his guys have have to obey. But uh, on the other side, yeah, he loves them. He gives them, say, all appreciation they could, yeah, they could expect, and uh, tries to build up this camaraderie. And that is Klopp, and Klopp will never break out of that philosophy by all of a sudden paying huge money to individuals. Because that would cause a lot of of bad um bad feelings amongst the team and it would completely destroy um the whole atmosphere he will never do that you know and I, I think everybody knows that in germany i, I it's so appalling to me that supporters crying and shouting for 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 uh, Higuain at sixty million and yeah, Messi, two hundred million.
1: <laughs> it's funny, uh, Christian. Actually, it doesn't really, it doesn't, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the Liverpool lose a game and then FSG out. I mean, John Henry was spotted at uh, Camp Nou attending a Barcelona game, and then immediately <laughs> FSG out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Okay, I just wanted to um, read this uh, tweet uh, by JLFc. Uh, he's one of our followers of the Four Twitter channel. Only our fans could have a problem with us getting state-of-the-art new training facilities. It's laughable at this stage. The sign of good owners are one who leave the club in a better position than when they came in. Now, not saying that they were going to leave anytime soon. So look at us now. We are already better off. And the answer is yes, they are good owners. We have a new stand, a better manager better staffing coaches, and soon we'll have a state-of-the-art training facility with all the mod cons. When they arrived, we had massive debt and plans for new ground, which our previous owners wasted millions on just to look good. These owners now don't just promise to back it up, they act on it. And I'm sure in the future, we'll look back and say, FSG have done well. They have improved everything for the long term.
5: (laughs) Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies